Welcome to episode 851 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righty, team, welcome along to episode 851 of Iron Talk of Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Bevan, you know when you don't run for a couple of weeks? Oh, I do know that feeling. Didn't run, I've hardly run in the last two weeks. Maybe done one run. Ran last night. A little bit tender. A little what, bit tender. What happens when you haven't run for a couple of months? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, then you need to take things very gently. That's going to be me. I haven't ran for a couple of months. I've got a little bit of tenderness on my knees, so I'm just kind of taking it easy. Anyway, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... Well, my show notes have just disappeared. Well, we've got form goggles. <laughs> uh, get the most accurate real-time metrics, hundreds of guided workouts, and lap-by-lap motivation. You can check them out at formswim.com. Use the promo code IM15. We've also got our patrons. Are you back? I'm getting there. You did the I'm first say one. Joe Aragon Spragans. Uh, you ready? Keep going. Philip. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Philip, the black jacket. Kilikoth. And you can do the last one as well. And Tom, Commander Pyro, Salbrae. Do you know what's happening in my world right now, John? Two of my teams in a sweepstake at the World Cup are still in the World Cup. <laughs> nice. Now, really, neither of the teams you think are going to win. I've got Croatia and the no, Netherlands. No, they're through. Croatia's through. Yeah, they just yeah. got through this morning. Yeah. But you're not going to think they're going to win it, do you? Probably not. No. The final last, and the last World Cup or the one before that. And, but, and I've got the Netherlands, who are good, but you're thinking France, mm. aren't you? France, France, Brazil. Yeah. Brazil are up 4 0 against Korea right now. So I think we're going safe. <laughs> nice. But at my work, we do it every World Cup. I won the last one. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's quite funny because Yuki, he does it. And basically, everyone puts in $20. Mm-hmm. The winner gets 240 mm-hmm. second gets 40 nice. <laughs> so, so you really want to win it. <laughs> and then third gets 20 yeah. So that's how it goes. Anyway, uh, in this week's show, we've got lots of news actually because we've had a couple of weeks without news. We've got a hot topic of the week. Have we got an age grouper? We might do some age groupers, or we're just going to do the some, some, some wing it. Yeah. Uh, website of the week, wing of the week questions and answers. Lots of news because we haven't been here in the traditional show for a couple of weeks. Big news. So the big news is has, has it been has it been confirmed? Nothing's been confirmed uh, in terms of the men's venue. So Iron but, Man, but they're confirmed they are splitting it. Yes. So okay. So you, Iron Man have split the world championship. So now what's going to happen is we're going to have a women's pro race day. And it means pro no, wrestling. full women's day. So, but will they have some of the men? No, it's women's only day in Hawaii in October 2023. Okay. And then men's only day, pros and age groupers, somewhere else in the world next year. So we're going to go through this yeah. methodically because otherwise people will start rambling. And you guys will have all heard this news and everyone's got their opinions and you'll see social media going ballistic. First point I want to make is Iron Man painting themselves into a corner by announcing the two-day format yeah. um, for, for 2023 yeah. when they hadn't even got it confirmed. And that, I don't think they've really taken ownership of that because that's uh, you know, the outcome we, we know, you know, it's two different races and two different locations. But they need to stand back and say, you know what, we really cocked this up. This was a major cock up, and that's why we're in the situation we're in now. Was it a mistake to go to two days? Well, irrespective, it's a mistake to announce something when you haven't got it confirmed. So, irrespective. No, but, but I mean, just in the legacy of it, because obviously from this forward, this is how it's going to happen. We're going mm. to have two different races, switching locations for year to year for male and female. Um, 
Kona was always a bit of a hassle, mm. but it is the Mecca. Yeah, but Andrew Messick says you can't go backwards to a one-day race after seeing this year's event and the, the exposure that the females But do you agree? I, I disagree with that, but um, we'll maybe get to that a little bit later. So, okay. so that's point number one. They're paying themselves into the corner. They're absolutely screwed, have to do something, and they've come up with what they think is the, the best solution, whether you agree with it or not. But from what they said, it was just not going to be feasible to have a two-day format in Kona. Not at all surprised by that. Surprised they managed to pull it off this year. Uh, so one thing that I think is going to be really weird is having 100% male and female races. Um, so sure, they did it, kind of did it this year, but but, but everybody's still there. So and you like, do have some males and females. You did, you did. But the, the Saturday race was all males. And even that's a little bit weird. But when you go to Kona this year, yes, there'll be some men floating around and spectators, but there'll be no male athletes there. And likewise, when it goes to wherever it's going to go to. I think it's going to be really interesting. Now, will they get enough people in Kona? Well, they're giving them, they're doing a lot of slots. Yeah, so. we'll talk about that later on, yeah. won't we? But, but it will be interesting to see, will the field, because how many do they get, 2,000 in Kona? Yeah, they'll, just, they'll, 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 be they'll just slam, and they'll slam as many legacy athletes in there as possible. Um, there's a lot of female slots and races all over the world. So, I guess to answer your question, yeah, I'm sure they'll get 2,000, but they'll... I'm sure that a lot of these races are going to roll down quite a long We're way. We're going to go deeper into this in a second, but does this kill Kona or hurt Kona? It definitely hurts it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, but um, I think the change is good, and we'll go into that in a, in a moment. So I'm, I'm for the decision. I just uh, think they've gone about it in a slightly odd way. But what are the pros saying, um, and what are you seeing on social media? Well, wait, so just so, 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 so overview is... Every year, there'll be two World Championship races. There'll be a male race, a female race, and they'll be switching. One year, there'll be every year they'll be in Kona. Yeah. And it looks like they'll have a, a set location in another area, talking Nice at this stage. Yeah, or uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Nice or St. George or wherever it might be. We don't, I don't have any insight intel on that. I love it being outside of America. Um, yeah, but they haven't said beyond, you know, they want to go into a multi-year deal, but, you know, I'm sure this will, this will evolve over time. So. And what will happen is one year the males will be in Kona, next year the females, and they'll just rotate back to back, and so then the other race will be where they switch year to year. It's just a sausage fest. I mean, I just think it's going to be weird. Anyway, um, so what are the pros saying? Um, if you're not on social media, you've got a lot of people being extremely vocal against this. You don't see a lot of people supporting it, so you've always got to be a bit careful because the, the, you know, the vocal minority sometimes sort of uh, cloud what, what other people are yep. feeling about it. So Frodo's not happy, Cam Brown's um, not happy. They're not happy, what are they saying? Well, I think some of them are saying that they, you know, they just want it to be in Kona the whole time. Others are saying, and I think Braden pointed this out, was... Well, where are we going? You know, for the pros, yeah, true. Where, where the hell are we racing? They're not going to announce till January. Uh, where are we going to be racing? When? when they're sort of saying it's probably going to be September. Uh, but yeah, so that that some are saying they just don't like the move. Um, but when we've interviewed quite a few pros this year, and granted, a lot of them are not the top top dogs. Um, they were in favour of it moving around a bit. You know, when we talk about people yeah. like Joe Skipper and Laura Sedell and most of the pros that seem to be saying, you know, Kona's awesome, but it would be nice to go and race somewhere else. And I think that's a sentiment that's shared by age groupers who have raced Kona multiple times. Well, also the part that, you know, we think of like a Molina who did win Kona once, but the race was never in favour of him because, mm. like, the conditions didn't suit his body type. If we think of a Molina, if you'd been in this era... What have you mm. got more world championships? Yeah, quite quite possibly. You know, because it does mm. kind of does favour 
certain types of athletes and disadvantage other types of athletes. And the, you know, the bigger athletes, you know, people like Chilborn Sinbali, yeah. um, people like that, and, and you know, they might have a race in September and Nice, and it might be quite cold, and then your little weedy uh, small athletes might really suffer. Yeah. You have those athletes that are maybe slightly better at climbing, and they can do better at other races. So it's a, it's yeah, it's change, and I think it's. Change for the change for the better, but um, what is it going to mean for age groupers? Hopefully, for Kona, it might mean slightly more reasonable costs because you have half the number of people that you had this year. This this year is just outrageous. You know, if you're loaded, pff, who cares? Yeah. If you're just a you know working person, go over there. It's like well, you can thing, make it work once, but just sure as hell I ain't going back again. One thing to remember is that people think Ironman triathletes are loaded. Mm. But remember that report years ago from, it was like one of the associations in the UK, mm. and pretty much the average wage of an average Ironman is pretty much average wage, you know, maybe a little bit more, but not, mm. triathletes aren't rich, as a, as a generalisation. Mm. Are they, they're richish, I mean, they'd be richer than your, your, your rugby league players probably, your stand, yep. your stand yep. but... Um, yeah, it's just bloody expensive. I think qualifying over the next years will be very different because... But in theory, yeah, it does mean more men on the men's race as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess it's probably the same as this year where there was, yeah, there was more this, this year. year. Be, yep. um, but for the females, massive change you know, in terms of being able to, to qualify for Kona. And let's be honest, it's going to be a lot easier for females to get mm. to the weekend. And it, traditionally, it's been extremely hard for them to get there because there were so few slots. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what the uptake is for when it's not in Kona. If you're racing, would you care where the location was as an age grouper? If I'm racing and I want to go and see a realistic ranking of where I sit in the world sort of thing, I don't care where it is, yep. but I've still got a beef with Kona in terms of the Ironman, so I yep. want to go over there just to really nail that race. So, so if, you, if you're at a world championship, you'll be timing it a year with Kona's on? For, for, for the time being, I would. But from a performance point of view, don't really care. You know? uh, and I would love to go to some other venues and stuff as well. So if I was one of those athletes that's still hardcore age group racing, um, I wouldn't be too bothered, especially if you've done Kona a couple of times yeah, and think, you've had a good race. I there. think the people who haven't done Kona are still, that, mm. they'll wait for the year. Mm. You know, yeah. Female or male, I think if, if they get the opportunity, to, although you, sometimes you're not going to get choice, are you? No. You know? Well, we'll come to that later on because mm. you, 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 it seems... Initially, you are going to have a little bit of a choice. Um, for, for I do think when the race is held in, in Europe, it's going to be more competitive because the standard Euros. of athletes in, America, in, in Europe is extremely high and providing this reasonable uptake, I think the, the standard of competition, or the depth, probably the top is going to be similar, but the depth is going to be a lot more challenging. Um, that's age group. Yes. Yeah. So um, a few other things that I was sort of mulling over. Um, yeah, I, I personally think I like the idea of the, the location being moved uh, around. Um, but is it going to be moved around or is it just going to be one location? I think it's going to be maybe a couple. You know, okay. In my mind, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it went Kona, Nice, Kona, St. George, Kona, Nice, Kona, okay. St. George, some, something like that. I like the idea of being in different continents. Mm. You know, mm. like... Why does it have to be St. George? Mm. You know, uh, yeah, we'll come to, come to That's one, another one of my points further down. Okay. Uh, the course does need to be worthy of a world champs. Yep. Uh, it needs to be. And they've done a really good job for the most part, Ironman, with 70.3 in terms of having good, honest, challenging and courses. St. George was good. Yeah, St. George was great as well. Yep. Um, I'm just the two-day format does concern me quite a bit because it's cool. You know, it was great having the, the woman on one day and they did get a lot more coverage. 
but just for I don't think there's a lot of locations that could handle a two day format and have the crew and community. So oh, wait a second. So they're still going to do pro race one day. Oh, uh, no, in Kona they're not going to. But if they wanted to go elsewhere and do a two-day format, so like they did in St. George this year, for males and females further down the track, maybe I've jumped the gun there. I don't yeah, know if that's going to happen. Think, I think it's but I think that's, that's an issue they're going to have if they do want to have males and females at one location. But I think two-day format. I, I think, think they, the they'd like it. to, but it's not going to happen in Kona. No. And, and they can't let go of Kona. Yeah. It's and, too much legacy. And I can't see it happening in Nice. You know, it's a... Nice is a busy place. St. George looked like they could handle it okay because, you know, the bike rides out in the, the country quite a bit. Um, the other thing that I think a lot of people have points on is if this was genuinely a decision for the betterment of the sport, I'd be a lot more accepting of it, whereas it's they're just trying to grab lots of money. By Do you think it's better for the sport, but Not in the way they've come up with it. I think in terms of moving the, moving the location around is better for the sport, um, but in terms of you know the expansion further down the track, but the cynic in me always says, and a lot of people have the same thing. It's just they're just trying to go for a money grab. Um, so I sort of struggle with that. A well, bit. yes and no, because let's be honest, Kona's been a problem for years now. Mm. Kona's been a problem because a not getting enough females here. B it was limited field. C the the locals have struggled with it for a long time, mm. and it's been the one day format. You know, like. It's had its issues, mm-hmm. and there's always been this question of can they change it? And we've always kind of thought, well, it's a golden ticket mm. and the legacy and, and the lava fields, and you know, Mark Allen, Dave Scott, you know, yeah. all that kind of you know story behind it makes it such an iconic event. And it's funny because I was somewhere the other day, and I was, someone was talking about my Ironman, asking me about doing Ironman. I, I don't really talk about that much nowadays because it's past mm. life. And someone goes, "Did you do Ironman Hawaii?" Mm. And and it still holds up, you know, oh, like, yeah. and if you're a so there is, I don't know, like it's something had to happen. Yeah, and as I said, change is, change is cool. I like a bit of change, and but I think this is a real opportunity to change things up quite a bit. And my kind of feeling is they're trying to have their cake and eat it by staying in Kona. Why not alternate years? And in those alternate years, have Kona as an age group race, not a world champs, but an age group race. It's still going to fill that up, and it's going to give so many more people the opportunity to race Kona. Um, so then I kind of feel they can really. have their cake and eat it. Really? Oh, oh you're saying age group's multi-sex? No, I'm just I'm saying, so one year you have the world champs, say, niece, for example, male, female, age group is everything. And on that year, you'll have just an age group only race in Kona that's anybody, it's just an entry race, you know, or by ballot or whatever it might be. And then, you know, your Joe Bloggs, who's never going to get to Kona for qualifying, they pro- maybe they, they don't want to do the 12 Ironman path to get there. Mm. They go, wow, I can go and do Kona. And I think that would be a good opportunity for our sport as well. With that, what's the experience going to be like? Because it's it, not going to be the same. No. It, it, yeah, no, not not when you, in your theory, but this mm. year coming up. Mm. Because last year we we you still had the experience because you still mm. had the only run. Everyone's mm. here. It was mixed over two days, but all the things that you're going to do in Kona are there. Mm. Next year. The underpants run is going to be all female. <laughs> Pretty much is. <laughs> a good time to go to Kona if you apply. Single men, get to Kona. Um, the next year, all yeah, blokes. But, but, but more just, will the experience be lesser? Yeah, absolutely it will be. But I think yeah, there's, there's lots of negatives, but I think there's lots of positives and lots of opportunities as well. So keep the focus I, on the positives. I just think what would I want to do? I, I think if I hadn't done I'm in Hawaii, and I knew I was of a level where I was racing where I knew I could pretty much qualify. Mm. 
Um, and I had the choice of doing like in Nice or Hawaii, I'd wait a year. Yeah, but once you'd done it two or yeah, three but times. Once I had different beasts, yeah. Um, and it just, sometimes you have little things that give you a kick in the pants going, I'm going to go somewhere different. Here's a question for you. Hmm. How many people do you think each year are people who are first timers versus people who have done it more than once? Kona? Hmm. Mm. I would say this is just a random guess. Probably 60%, 60, 40, something like that. No, 60% returners, 40 newbies. Uh, no, not factoring in all the legacy and all that sort of stuff. If you factor them in, then it's going to... Well, you have to factor them in. Mm, so maybe it's 50-50 then these days. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know. That's but a complete guess. Yeah. If there's stats on that, let us know. Because I think, I'm with you. I think people have done it a few times. will be mm. quite excited to go somewhere new. Mm. Um, because again, the only run the fourth times. <laughs> I don't think I did it the fourth time I went there. No. Uh, I slept in. Does this open the door to the PTA having a world championships? Uh, this, this is a great race. question. And are the pros Gonna willing enough in. to go, bugger, if you feel strongly enough about Kona and you go, we want the world champs in Kona, are you going to say, we're going to boycott Kona and we're having our own world championships, do something about it on oh, Maui? And <laughs> yeah, or wherever it might be, we're having our own world champs is going to be one or two million dollars on the line. Everybody turn up. If you go to Kona, you're a bloody goober. Scum. Scum. What, are they, what are people who stand outside the strike line? Um, not maggots. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And scabs. Scabs. Yeah. Scab. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. The PDO have the power really to. Do you think the PDO have the power to say that all the pros don't go to? I'm they, I don't. They would never do that. That would be an athlete-driven thing. Yeah. Well, it's the PDO, but I mean, uh, true. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's a valid discussion going. We want world champs to be in Kona. You're not doing it. We're going to go have our own world champs. PTO age group racing is not big enough yet. No. You know what I mean? Like if PTO was, let's say five years from now, PTOs are getting their races and they're also getting 2,000 people racing. But this, this would be a pro only. No, but you'd want to do it so age groups. You want to have an age group race. Yeah. But I think what we've seen from other organisations have tried to do a age group world championship, whether it be world triathlon, whether it be challenge, championship, whatever, hasn't really worked. So... Yeah, they definitely we definitely want an age group race, but I don't think they'd want to have a world championship age group championships, and don't know how valid that would be. So, um, yeah, that's another interesting development. Uh, a couple of options I want to put out there. Here we go. Here's Op- John's alternative. Alternatives. Option one: you keep everything in Kona. Saturday is the age group race. If you've got to just change qualifying procedure for this year, some people are just going to, have to suck it up. Unfortunately, Saturday is the age group race. Sunday, so it is a two-day format with a twist. Sunday is the pro race. You have a late start. The women start an hour in front of the men, so they still get premium coverage, and you do a lap course. Uh, and that would have mean you wouldn't have a gigantic impact. You still have a significant impact on the local community, but the athletes are only going to be out there racing for 10 hours as opposed to 17, and especially on the bike, the they're not going to be out there. Uh, well, what, what's, what, what did I say in the last rap? If you got lapped, you're out. Um, but I'm thinking you have a 40k lap on the bike and the run just goes up and down and let you drive you know, maybe 10k laps or something like that. And yes, you would be out if you got lapped. Um, <laughs> but He was determined to get there. I, I just think it's an opportunity where you go, how cool would it be to go to Kona, race on Saturday and then have a lap course where you can see them like athletes like four times on the bike or whatever it might yeah. be, four times on the run. Now's the time to, they've got this opportunity to make a change. So that's, that's option n- number one. I do like that. I like well, the idea of doing the lap course. Mm. And I do like, because, you know, A, d- kind of hassle to the local community is not much. Mm. 
all the age groupers who want to leave can leave anyway. Mm. You know, so it's kind of be the same kind of time frames. And it would be awesome post-day. Oh, it'd be so good. Sit down and watch a pro race. I mean, and you probably want to have a late start because, again, the pros don't have such a big impact. And you'll have athletes finishing at midnight and then they'll have the pack up and stuff like that. So I think that's an opportunity. Or you could even move the race down to Waikoloa. Um, they don't have the same sort of infrastructure down there. No, but then but, everyone's going to have to go there because they'll be staying mm, in Kona. Mm. So you'd probably be just... Because, you know, otherwise everyone's got to drive there. and I know, but that's, it would have a lot less impact on the local community oh, okay. down there. Uh, option number two is do as above but at a different venue and have a non-championship race in Kona on alternate years. So, for example, 2023, you go, we're going to stick in Kona and we're going to have this two-day format with the pros racing one day and the age group is the other day. And then the next year we'll do the same format somewhere else, your Nice, wherever it might be. And then we have just an age group only race in Kona for done by entry or ballot. There five we go. years from now, five, ten years from now, how do you think we'll look, look upon this? Mm, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not quite sure, Bevan. I think Kona will always be the big ticket. You know, you want to go there. But the other one probably just take a bit of time to build up. A bit like 70.3 Worlds. In the early years, it was pretty rubbishy, but it slowly built up in like, prestige. I like the idea of it being just one location. Mm. Because what happens if, if the one location thing is the stories of the parts? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kona, you've got Alihi Drive, you've got, mm-hmm. um, what's the little hill you go out of town? Palani. And then you've got, you know, there's all these kind of, the, the energy stations. So there's these mm. stories that have been built up mm. over the years of these historic moments in the course. Mm. Um, and so... And I love it being Nice because Nice is the history of the sport as well. So yeah. for those who don't know much about the history, back in the day, it was Nice was just as important as Kona, wasn't it? Not quite as important, but it was it was a very close second. Okay, it doesn't doesn't compare these days to any other race. No, not at all. But but in the in the eighties, it was kind of you win Kona and everyone went to Nice, mm. and and Mark Allen dominated Nice he as well. Like didn't it? Nine, 10, ten or eleven times. Okay, so. Um, so I like the idea of it just kind of being two locations because I think you'll build a history around mm. the new location. And I think if you do, I kind of also, I get why going to do, lots of different locations is also appealing as well, but I think maybe you lose a yeah, bit yeah. if you do that. Totally, totally agree with that. I think, you know, and they've sort of mentioned that in press releases that they want to stick with a couple of partners, a couple of races that are established. And as you said, you know, running down Promenade des Anglais on in Nice or riding Is up Nice a hard course? Uh I think it, it's. I haven't ridden the the course. It's it's hardish. Yeah, okay. it's, it's definitely it's definitely hilly, but I don't think it's quite as hard as some people might think. It's not necessarily like riding through the Alps or anything like that. Okay. But it's a good. It's a challenging enough course, and it's yep. a cool location. Interesting times as well. We'll know in the next twelve months what's going to happen in this part of the world. Uh, okay, John, we did have a few races happen. We had Ironman Western Australia. Sierra Crowley holds all the Aussie titles. She does. So she took that up um, in really good fashion. Ran a swam fifty four, rode a four forty, and then ran a three oh five for an eight forty six oh nine, smashing nine hours to pieces. And the first four women all went under nine hours. Els Visser was second, and Lottie Wilms was in third place. So now Sarah Crowley holds all three Australian titles. So Port Macquarie, Ironman Cairns, and Ironman. Has it ever been done before? Do not believe so. So that males or females. Yeah, pretty. Uh, well, females are. Uh, I'm almost positive it's the first time. I'd be very surprised if all the it's men cool. have got it. Although, 
Yeah, I'm sure... Back in the day, you only had one race, but... Yeah, Max Newman will have Cairns in Western Australia now, so whether or not he does Port Macquarie as well, I don't know. But on the boys' side, Max Newman had a storming run, and the Aussies have known for a while that he is the real deal, and he certainly showed that in Kona this year. Yeah. Swam 48, rode a 4.10, and ran a 2.41. So the fastest swim, fastest run, and second fastest bike for a 7.45.21. He had an amazing Kona, didn't he? He ran a 2.40. Yeah, and then Stephen, Mc- Stephen McKenna was in second place uh, he went 750 and Matt Burton was third and 756 so pretty honest racing over there in WA so we had Ironman Israel and that, and that was the week before uh, actually one other thing about Ironman oh, okay, so the qualification. so we, so we got this through from Peter Colson so in Ironman Western Australia in the men's in the 246 age group females finished of those, 65 slots were available for women. So one in every three-point woman finishes. Got a three, one, and one in every 3.7 women. Uh, 861 age group men finished. 40 slots. One in every 20.4 got a world championship slot. So it's, stats-wise, it's just way harder for men. Oh, how oh, the tide has changed. Yeah, because yeah, totally. at least that's, I'd be interested to know the, the, how those slots um, worked previously because it was very difficult for females previously to qualify. So... Um, I don't really have a problem with this uh, because it's kind of like chicken and egg sort of thing. You know, you, you want to like, grow things, but at the same time, you don't want to devalue that Kona qualification. You want to make it hard, but I, I imagine in, the, in this circumstance, there'll be some age groups where it would have rolled all the way to, to last place. And sometimes that's kind of fun. But you don't want it to happen all the time. You don't want to discredit it. Mm. You know, like 70.3 champs are discredited. Mm. You know, like... It's pretty easy to get to a world champs in seventy point three. A lot of the time it is. Not always, but in a lot of some If you race, pick some, your races. Pick your race. If you yeah, really want to get to the world championships, pick mm. your race, you're probably gonna get there. Mm. We don't want coming we don't want the world championships to be that. Mm. So And there's yeah. a and there's a chance it will be. And for the same females. Th- the same thing will happen this weekend in Ironman New Zealand. Um similar deal. They've got all these bonus slots for Oceania for the females. And again, I'm all for it. Just gotta Maybe manage it a little bit. Fine line between pleasure and pain. Okay, this is amazing. We had Ironman Israel. Ruth Ruth Estel took out the females race in an eight forty one. We had Daniela Blumfeld. No, Blamel. Uh, she did an eight fifty, and then Barbara Rivios. She did an eight fifty five. So awesome racing four, on the females. Four women under under nine hours, and but, I think it's the first time Ruth Estel's run a sub three. So good on her. But Patrick Langer. So it does a, a 7.41. When you look at the females' race, so the females are probably a little bit under par. 8.41, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty decent. But it's an hour behind the boys. It's not, you, know, you say normally 50 minutes is yeah, about. Yeah. You know, but we're, we're talking here about a, a Kona winner but compared to... 7.30.31 for the run. 2.30.31. Oh, sorry, not, sorry. Seven, yeah, sorry. 2.30.31 for the run. How about that? That. Patrick Lang swam 49.08. That's an outstanding swim for him. He's not the best swimmer normally, and he still managed to come out with Daniel Beckengard and people like that. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. 4.16 on the bike, 2.30.31. Almost, uh, that's definitely the fastest time ever recorded for a Ironman run. Uh, I did look at a couple of Strava files, and it looked pretty accurate. By pretty accurate, one file that looked, looked at was really accurate. The other one was 41.8 or something oh, like wow. that. So I only looked at a couple of files. And it's cornering. It's within reason. So you might say, hey, it might be one or two minutes either way. What but holy crap. 
Uh, that would probably be, I'm going to take a guess, you're working it out. I'm yeah. going to say about 340-ish, probably maybe a little bit under that. 340? Per K. Maybe, maybe 335? No. Oh, okay, let's see. I'm going to say three. Yeah, definitely. Three. Like, I, I remember 345, I ran that, f- and I ran a one, 237. So, okay. Um, yeah. So, Patrick Lang was first. Daniel Backengard had a really good race. He ran a 237. Normally an amazing run uh, for two minutes behind Patrick Langer and then Gregory Barnaby. Sorry? 3.34. Oh, it was pretty close then. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And, a, and an Ironman. Yeah. And, but it, the, when I looked at a few of the pictures, it looked like they had a bit of inclement weather at times, so maybe it was a bit cooler and they maybe had a bit of run to cool them, cool them down a bit. But all the run times are amazing. And so my initial response is it's short, but I did look at a couple of Strava files and it looked pretty accurate. Is that the fastest of all time? It must be. I'm sure Blumenfeld or somebody ran like a 232 or something like that. Um, so that's bloody impressive. Uh, because, but, but the top four all ran under 240. Yeah, so the conditions yeah. must have been amazing. But you still got to run 230. That's awesome. Well, yeah, the guy got third in a 235. Mm. Jeepers creepers. That's, that's just flying. Yeah. Uh, we also had uh, the Clash Daytona, which is a sort of a shorter course race. Angelina Olmo took that out and just uh, pipped Sarah Perez. And we had Vincent Louis taking it on the run in front of uh, Yoel Pereira and Jason West. Um, then we also had. Uh, it was oh, good either. to see 70.3 Indian Wells. Sam Long back in the winner's circle, yeah. beating out Jackson Laundry. Paula Finlay beating out Tamara Jewett. And they both won by. 47 to 48 seconds, uh, so that's impressive. Good to see Sam Long back because he's had a bit of a rough old season. A lot of people kick him in the guts because he's, uh, you know, he's a loudmouth and he speaks his mind, which is which is great to have. Um, but he's a quality athlete, and so good to see him back as well. Um, also had Ironman Argentina at the weekend, A Troop only, good race, hopefully every race there went well, and then Patagonia Man was on at the weekend, and Ben Hoffman and Caroline Livesey took that out. Uh, the water temperature, when I looked at the website, said 12.7 degrees centigrade, 55 degrees Fahrenheit, that's pretty bloody cold to go and swim, <laughs> an iron distance swim. Okay, so, short course race, now it's been a couple of weeks, we know we had the championship race, Kiwi was going to win it. Kiwi was going to win it. What wild was going to take? If you haven't watched this race, even if you know the result, it's, uh, it's both of the races are fascinating. Tell the us fe- about female it. side, Flora Duffy. I hate goat, because, and I'm not saying goat, but she is the, the best of goat. her generation, only woman to ever win four world titles. And so, what happened in the race? She, uh, it was interesting. They got a breakaway on the bike. And it was always just going to be between two of them, but well, you kind of thought the same in the men's race. Uh, and so it was a two-horse race. Had the eyes on each other all the time. Flora Duffy, to her credit, she did try to break away a couple of times on the bike, which yep. is bloody impressive on a flat course. Who was, it, who was Evan Taylor? Uh, jo- um, um, Georgia Taylor-Brown. Yep. And, but Duffy just did it on the run. And, and would you expect that? Yes and no. Like, Georgia Taylor-Brown is an amazing runner, but Flora Duffy's got her number, and... You just feel for the in those sports where you got the second person. Yeah, it would have been is great. Way, is way better than everybody else, yeah. but they've just got someone that always just beats them. That's a good. That's a good question. Though. Who's the greatest second athlete of all time? The person who, who doesn't get the credit because they were behind mm. the goat. Yeah, if you're you behind know. Lance Armstrong, yes, we know he's on drugs. Or you're behind Tiger Woods. Yeah, something like that. And that that is this. Similar here, you know, she's won four world titles and she would have probably won more if she hadn't been sort of sick and injured for some of the time. And what I used to love about the Flora Duffy story is she's just worked her way through the ranks. She was 
mediocre as a sort of a junior and just worked her way back up. And she's just, she's a great swimmer, she's a great biker, she's a great runner, she's an all-round athlete, she's not just a runner. Um, so that was just awesome to see from a athletic performance point of view. The men's race was just a bloody roller coaster. Okay, so what happened? So I, well, I, I only saw the news, so. It, you know, I'm watching so, it. So going into it, Wild had to be within one of Yee. One of Yee. So he's got one buffer, one buffer place there. And those two are, you know, have been head and shoulders above everybody else up until this last part of the season. Um, and then you had a Frenchie who had to, yeah, it was like, you're not going to get it. You've got to win. The others have all got to blow up. One of them might blow up, but they're not both going to blow up. So they all blew up. Uh, and they didn't, they didn't blow. Well, Hayden Wild did blow. But the Frenchie, they got a, the first thing was in the swim, Hayden Wild comes out, he's like 24 seconds behind. I'm like, race over. What's the way that happened? Well, he, he's normal. He could potentially be one to two minutes behind. Oh, because oh, oh, so you think he's got He had it. an amazing swim. I'm thinking, you're making the front group. You're right there. You didn't make the front group. He was like the last person not to make it. And normally... Oh, so he was just enough behind not to make the group. He was the one person who didn't make it. Normally, you'd think, even if you're just off the back, Hayden Wilde can ride across that gap and yeah. he'll get on, race over. Did he over. try? Uh, they didn't really have any footage of him trying. Okay. Um... So you think race over, and Yi was a little way back. You're thinking that front group could potentially go away right away, race over. If it comes together, well, Wild's still probably going to finish within one of Yi. Yep. So you're in just this perfect position, and so he, he didn't catch he it. Did not have it. And the, the, the group day. stayed away. And the group stayed away. They had three Frenchies in there, and they just drove it. They only had. They got up to about a minute and it came down to about 40 seconds or something like that yep. at the end of the bike. So you're still thinking, yeah, well, I've got this. If there anybody's needs more than a minute on those guys and didn't pan out that way. But that was just part of it because then on the run, yeah, the, the wild and yeah, you're going, hmm, maybe they're not going to catch him. But because of the positional changes, who was going to win the series constantly changed. Oh, really? And it came down to the last minute or two of the race. And even then, well, no, the last... 30 seconds of the race because Ye had a sprint finish with Yala Gaines. If he had won, if he'd done that sprint finish, which you're thinking Ye probably going to do it, yep. if he'd won that, then he would have been the world champion. That didn't happen, so he lost that. But then Hayden Wilde was then sitting in fifth, so he was still okay. But then he got passed in the last K as well. Oh, really? And so it ends up that both of them lost out and the Frenchie took it, <laughs> Leo Bagier. It was an amazing, bizarre race. Just never seen anything like it. And where did Bagier get in the race? He won it. Okay, and he so wins the World Series. Never won a race before. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's a world champion because well, that race has. Well, at least he won it. He had that race has sort of not double points, but I think it's one and a half times points. I'm glad he won it because it would have sucked if someone got world champion and won any races in the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the other thing was, yeah, he nearly got caught by this American Morgan Pearson who hasn't done anything for donkeys years. Um, so it was just a crazy race. And good race. Good, good, good finish to the year. Triathlon was the winner on the day. <laughs> Triathlon was the winner on the <laughs> because day. Because now you're going to next year going, yeah, you Hayden Wilde and, and Alex Yee, you are the big dogs in terms of running. But the others, when you guys aren't at 100%, the others are going to beat you. Yeah. And what I think it shows, it's been an extremely long season. And so I think they were tired. As it turned out, Hayden Wilde's now got COVID. Um, okay. Whether or not he had that on the day, that may, he, he posted on social media later in the week, I think probably when he was back in New Zealand. Um, so if he had COVID, then you're going, that's probably the reason you didn't yep. fire. Uh, so yeah, I think the cool thing is it opens up the door for next year thinking this isn't these two aren't going to dominate quite as much as we perhaps thought. Although they did at the start of the season. Anyway, it was a good way to finish the World Triathlon Series. Ultraman happened over the weekend or recently as well. Uh, we got some results here. Uh, Didi Griesbauer, 
who is 52 years old, uh, set the Ultraman world record. Now has the Ultraman championship title to her name. The 52-year-old professional triathlete dominated the women's field throughout the three-day event, which involves a six-point or 10K swim, a 421K bike, and then an 84K run. Uh, on Hawaii Big Island She finished more than an hour ahead of the runner-up um, And then the men's side of things I'll go over to the rundown the men's so Didi Griesbauer after the first day was sitting Got Almost in first She was just uh, about 13 seconds behind Rob Gray I'm not sure what happened to Rob Gray Because he did not uh, finish or he didn't, looks like doesn't look like he finished uh, Richard Thompson then took over the lead on day two Didi Griesbauer was uh, in second place And we know that she's not the greatest runner And she did hemorrhage just a little bit of time on day three But Richard Thompson took it out in front of Stephen Keller Didi Griesbauer was third overall And first female out of uh, 20, 28 finishes Probably about 30 35 or so starters, so pretty impressive, you know, when you're 52 and you're still uh, still pretty competitive, so, and for those of you who don't know, she is the main commentator for all the Ironman races, um, so Didi is the one you'll hear talking a lot. And then the guy's side of things, uh, Richard Thompson took it out, Steve, said that. Said oh that. sorry, yeah. okay, coming up this weekend, we've got an Ironman happening in New Zealand, but it's a non-pro race, we do have some pros in the 70.3, who we got? Uh, I actually don't know. <laughs> Didn't look into that. But one interesting thing for this race, in the, an email sent around to all the athletes, for the men, when they're doing the qualification for Kona, they, they do, firstly they're doing it virtually, which is um, something I haven't heard of before. What do you mean? Um, so you basically, before the race, you'll say whether you want to be eligible for a Kona slot or not, and then post-race, you'll need, or for a world championship slot or not, post-race, you'll then need to, accept it or tick a box or something like that um, so it's not going to be like a ceremony like we've had in the past oh, okay. um, however the development there is when you do if you do qualify you can choose if you want to go to the world championships unknown wherever that might be so you can go yeah I want to go in 2023 to wherever it might be or you can pick to go to 2024 in Kona oh. so you get the choice that's not going to last I don't think but until they actually announce where that race is, I think that's the alternative they're offering athletes until we know where that world champs is. And then going forward into other races, um, maybe they keep that going or they maybe... Can't, can they? I wouldn't have thought so because then you've got too many people qualifying. two years because a lot of people are going to go Kona only. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. How many, do you know how many people are actually signed up to do the Ironman? Is the it a decent four? Uh, yeah. It's pretty, pretty decent, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. In New Zealand, it's never massive. I'm, I'm going to take a stab in the dark. It'll be 800,000 or so. Because they normally get about 1,200, don't they? Yeah, and there's a 70.3 on as well. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, uh, that's pretty much it for the racing for 2022. The year is pretty much done and dusted after this weekend. We can start yep. to look forward to 2023. Okay, this week's discussion of the week. So this week we were talking about Iron Mouldy, which happened a few weeks ago. And the question was, at an Iron Distance race in New Zealand this weekend, which was a few weeks ago, drafting is allowed from 1pm. Race starts at 6.30. How do you feel about that? And we didn't put any context on this, sort of, sort of intentionally, because this Iron Mouldy event, it was Great last event. Sunday, was uh, a small field. You know, I think they had it. 100, 200 people, something like that. Yeah. So, and, and the race, for those who don't know, I'm Mouldy's, it's, it's been around, we have talked about it on the show a lot in the past. It's a great event because Mouldy health in New Zealand is a massive problem. Mouldy mm. um, and Pacifica health is well behind on the stats in European and all the other kind of ethnicities. 
And so it's an event which is very much participation. And mm. up to this point in time, it's kind of just been a triathlon. They had different levels of triathlon. Mm. You can mix your teams up. And, and think some very, very unhealthy and overweight people do this event. But mm. it's it's everything that triathlon should be. Mm. It's movement. It's great. It's community. It's empowering. Um, so it's, it's a real iconic, beautiful event. And they put an iron distance race on, but they did allow this to happen. So, so yeah, so they had allowed drafting from one o'clock in the afternoon. So that is uh, six and a half hours into the race. Was there so, a cutoff? Um, I th- I'm not quite sure on that. So, yeah, there yeah. was a lot of people that got pretty vocal about this, um, but without the context. If they'd had the full story, they might yeah. not have written the... Yeah. Um, but it's an, t- interesting, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. T- Tim Egg, so you actually don't mind it. Samuel Brown says, practical for organisers, unsafe. You've seen triathletes in a bunch, bit of a joke. Takes away from the roots of the sport. Dave uh, Hayward's got, sounds like the pros are off course by then, and this allows people that want to do an event like this with friends, but are not in uh, contention for prizes, to ride together. So he seems into it. Phyllis Baker um, says, drafting on tri bikes while on aero bars, question mark, for the slower riders, question mark. Sounds like a recipe for disaster. Uh, Scott Horn's got hell no. Then Nadia McLaren's got the races aimed for participants and finishing <laughs> as a goal. Support, support runners are allowed to join after a certain time on the run as well. If for some reason I'm still, not, I'm still out there, I probably couldn't choose to draft I wouldn't choose to draft, sorry. But if someone does and gets to the finish line, why should should they bother anyone else? Nick Vaughan makes a point here. (laughs) He says, I am talk, what a crock of shit question resulting in a bunch of uninformed answers. Totally agree. We didn't put the context (laughs) in there, but that was intentional. Why not give more context about actual event and the history and what's led to that? And Bevan's just done a great job of that. No, Ian Dickinson's got the, the rule applies from 7am in Barcelona. Oh, that's oh, they're just taking the piss. Okay, There's yeah. quite a few of those answers saying, okay. yeah, they don't do police drafting here either. So Mick yep. um, Simpson, completely wrong. The reason for no drafting is surely safety and those at the back of the pack will often be the ones that are less comfortable and stable on a bike. I don't think the reason for drafting is safety. It's more about fairness. Speed. And yeah, um, yeah you have no drafting because it's unfair and we want this to be an individual race and that's the, the intention of the rule Kylie Cox uh, Hot Chick Cox has got I'm okay with it as long as it's not a branded race it sounds a great event which many Kiwis are getting behind giving the lack of choice Reed Taupo um, last one I'll do um, Wayne Ross I'd be asking the organisers why presumably to reduce costs on the guise of safety I mean especially for those back of the packers is about accomplishing a personal goal it's you against the odds why diminish that experience uh, I'll do Rob Dallymore he's got the race it's their race their rules which is all good to me this event is more about participation empowering people to undertake a huge challenge and giving themselves friends and family something they can be proud of so, so let's put one thing to a side here I think most of us will agree, and if you had the context, you'd say, at this particular event, this is not a big deal. Yeah, that's and, and, great. And, and Richard Swan's actually got it here. Only an edit would criticise the organisation as it does an amazing job encouraging healthy lifestyles. And so this event, put this event aside because it's an amazing event. However, let's say we're at uh, Ironman Arizona or Ironman Barcelona. Um, how would you feel about that if they said after one, one o'clock or whatever time it might be, for you know it's going to be the back of Packers, Drafting's allowed. Hmm, interesting. I would say, to start with, you'd say, if you're going to be drafting, you're not allowed to be on your bars. And I've done events before in the past that are just local community events, and they just say, I'm not even any draft buses out there. You're welcome to draft if you want to. Don't be on your bars. 
industry on your bars that is unsafe is what a lot of people have, have put in here and so from my point of view if it's for the slower athletes that are really out there completing the course I don't have a problem with it and it's not like it's mandatory to draft you don't have to draft I have a problem with it because when I just first saw the question I thought it was an Ironman race <laughs> yeah. and I was I was fired up I was getting John Newsom <laughs> fired up I was about for a rant yeah. and then when I saw it was Ironman I was like oh no that's cool because it's such a good event um, and Ironman's no, let's be honest. A lot of people drafted. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of races out there where they put on courses where you have to draft. So there's this is kind of problem in the sport, but it is meant to be an individual journey. Mm. If you get an Ironman medal, mm. in theory, you've swam, bike, ran the whole thing by yourself, mm. and so drafting does make it an easier experience and does make it faster for you. If you're going like you know 25k an hour, yeah, um, I get it, but mm. that's what you sign up for, mm. and I think that's what the sport means. Mm. And I think if you start to m- Make those murky waters. I don't know. And people, you know what? People don't care about these places. Mm. Even if they're in the back of the packers, people care about where they get in the overall mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think an Ironman, an, uh, an Ironman, it shouldn't happen. Races like this, totally for it. Mm. Yeah, I'm indifferent. I do, it really doesn't bother me too much. But I guess it's never going to impact me as an athlete, no. which is po- possibly part of the reason I feel that way. But let's say you are the person who takes 16 and a half hours mm. and you've done the whole thing by yourself and then your mate who does 16 and a half is sitting in a pack for the last 40 k's of the bike. That, that would bug me. However, if I was out there with, um, say, a little group and you're all encouraging each other and you're made it to the finish line in the cutoff, then you kind of do it as a bit of a team. I know it's an individual sport, so I just I think it's hard for me to put myself in those shoes. I've never ever been that person or been in that situation, no. so I'm I'm indifferent. Don't, I, I'm anti. I'm either here, here nor there. I'm anti. Okay, here we go. It's pretty simple on this one. <laughs> Far out where this come from? What is your dinner the night before racing? Just share, share the love. Maybe we, in what time? Yeah, we we had a nutritionist on a couple of weeks ago, Taryn, and we talked about you know um, carbo loading and stuff. Just be interesting to know what what people actually eat out there, whether they do go carb crazy or not. And just further to that, we had her on the the, the show, and you didn't do the interview, Bev and I did. She had some tricks there about you know the, the festive season, about going out to parties and stuff. And what were your tricks? Uh, well, one of them is to don't go to parties really hungry. You know, because oh, okay. um, you'll just be that guy that's just shoveling all the shit food into your mouth. I, Partly it's attitude, isn't it? Sorry, it, it is. Because <laughs> I, what, what I'll do is on Saturday, if we're going, we know we're going to when we go to friends' house. There's always we, one thing we put way too much food on, um, so I won't eat because I know I'm going to go for OTT. Yeah, so I actually go hungry. Well, see, so her advice is don't go hungry and then control yourself when you're there. The Christmas season started around here. I had some on the last weekend. It's like <laughs> ate too much before I went, but still cranked it when I was there. <sighs> My strategy is don't be by the food. Sorry, don't be by the food. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like try to stand somewhere where you because if you buy it, you just mm. you're picking away, you're grazing. Way. You know, you really are, and not just grazing. Mm. <laughs> you're piling. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's this week's discussion. Okay, let's go sponsor. We are doing a prize draw here in a moment, Bevan. So oh, formswim.com slash talk. Use the promo code IM15. If you are you know, wanting to get a present for, for a loved one, this is an awesome idea to, to get them a pair of form goggles, which comes with a, a year's subscription to their workout program. So use the promo code IM15. will be awesome. The goggles do work in open water. Um, if you've got a compatible Garmin or an Apple Watch, that's kind of cool. I've never used that... Um, that sort of feature, but uh, cool one to have. And the app is outstanding for post-session analysis in terms of getting your splits and your pacing way, way, way better than anything else I've used. So, you know, say you go to the 
pool and you do you know six 400s or whatever it might be you can go in there and very very easily identify your pace and and how that pace has changed through that so I love that love the app so Bevan um, we are going to do a prize draw in a second and somebody one of our patrons is going to okay here we go here we go I'm going to pick a number don't do random give me a number okay between what Um, up to let's go between 100 and 177 100 177 135 135 135 give me the nickname first and I'll see if I can name it dig it Dooley Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is it, what's the first name, Mike? Michael Diggett Dooley. There you go. You are now the proud owner of a pair of form goggles. I'm not going to email you until uh, for a couple of weeks to check that you're listening to the show. There you go. And I don't usually do that because otherwise it's a small surprise if you're just listening to it. Then uh, Michael Diggett Dooley, you got yourself a pair of form goggles. Love they are awesome. I was wearing mine this morning. Love them. We're the, uh, when I first got them, I kind of wore them ad hoc basis. Didn't wear them all the time. Now I wear them all the time. What do you mean at hot spaces? Ad hoc. I'd, so, so I might wear them for some, some sessions. Okay. And then I'd just wear my regular goggles for other sessions. Now I wear them all the time. Love it. Why? Just because they're that good? Yeah. And I've kind of, you get used to not looking at the data all the time when you're swimming. Okay. So this morning, you know, we had a, a varied session and, you know, through the main set, then I'm looking at my splits and stuff like that. When you first get them and you're doing, you know, the warm up and, and your yeah, sort of drills and that, you're kind of looking at it. Now I just look through it and I only look at it when I need to for counting purposes and pacing purposes. So this morning, one of our sets was four by 200s. You know, I'll keep it, I'll have a look at the 100 meter mark and then I'll be just checking that I'm counting right towards the when end. When you're doing sure. it, do you have to, like, let's say you're doing 100 meters, do you have mm-hmm. to tap that you started the 100 meters? No, no, no. It picks up your head movement as soon as you, as soon as you push off. Jeez, that's cool. Mm, very cool. That's amazing. Okay, so guys, remember it's formswim.com slash IamTalk. Use the discount code IM15. As we were saying before, great Christmas present. And let's be honest, you aren't going to buy it for anyone else, but you want to drop hints. (laughs) It's time to drop hints, guys, and you need to do that pretty soon because Christmas is coming. Okay, John's quiz question. What is it? Flora Duffy became the first person, I believe, to win four world triathlon titles, male or female. Oh, which is interesting. I thought Brantley may have. Yeah, well, that might be the answer to one of the questions. Okay. Who has won three? So there's a few people that have won three. I can only, th- I think I can think of two or three, um, but there might be more. So Flora Duffy became the first person to win four World Triathlon titles. Who else has won three titles? Okay, let's look to age groups. Oh, let's, we'll, we'll push on from that. Or should we do this in Flag Coach's Corner? The Coach's Corner. Okay, yeah. Coach's Corner. Corner. Okay, some random advice I have, that's John, because it's not me, I've yeah. uh, been dishing out for this weekend's leading up to Ironman New Zealand, which is to, which also apply to other races around the world. So unfortunately, the <coughs> forecast for this weekend is pretty shite. I had the Oxman the weekend before last, and it was miserable. It was miserable, However, it? it turned out that it might have been a good preparation day for people doing Ironman New Zealand this weekend. The weather is forecast to be pretty crap. Um, not Not... It's crazy cold, but um, raining. Hopefully it changes, because I've got another race down here as well, which is also forecast to rain for. Great. Uh, so when the weather forecast is crap, consider the impact on nutrition. So I was talking to a couple of athletes yesterday. A lot of people these days are moving towards more liquid nutrition, so they might be using Morton, they might be using Hammer Gel, they might be using Infinite, whatever it might be, Tailwind, all these different products. So the person I was speaking to yesterday, he was planning, originally planning on having six bottles of Morton throughout the bike ride, 
it might if it's pissing down the rain there's no way in hell you're going to get through six bottles of, of Morton um, and so you've got to change that and, and figure out where you're going to get the rest of your nutrients from a carbohydrate point of view and also thinking about your electrolytes um, because if you get to the end of the bike and you've only had four bottles and you haven't substituted then you're going to be quite short on, on your intake you're planning on having so it's usually going to mean you need to be um, supplementing that with a few extra gels or some sort of followed f- uh, solid food so think about your nutrition plan obviously think about your clothing choices at the Oxman the weekend before last when it was wet and cold man athletes just suffered that were yeah. doing the half and a lot of them just didn't wrap up well enough some people just really struggle in the cold but others just need to wrap up tight fitting and warm clothing uh, other things that might happen this weekend for Ironman New Zealand athletes is dealing with the wind uh, so avoid being lazy with the tailwind um, and avoid pushing too hard into the tailwind so you guys with power but meters power's the key power's the key but people ignore it really you'd think power's the key so if your target power output for the day is around 200 watts it might mean you ride 210 watts into the wind and 190 um, against the wind. A lot of people, and especially those without power meters, they'll be riding 240 into the wind and 160 with the tailwind. So uh, it's easier said than done. And so, yeah, dealing with the wind, just be really conscious of keeping the foot down when you've got that tailwind and not pushing too hard into the wind. And the final point that I've been ramming home with a number of people that have trained really well for this event um, is to be confident but not complacent. So you want to be doing plenty of reflection on those key sessions that you've done and you've, that you've done well, the successes you've had at previous races, um, but also and, and visualising that sort of perfect race. And you really want to be focusing and ramming that home really hard but also visualising um, times when it is going to get tough. You know, there's, it's likely that it's going to get tough at some stage during the race, so you kind of want to picture yourself in those moments so you've got a bit of a toolbox. If it starts to get a bit hard on the bike at times, you know, it's almost definitely going to get hard on the run at times. So visualise yourself being in those moments and being strong and being able to push through, push through it when it's, um, when it's a bit rough. I've got a question for you. Mm. What happens if you haven't done your key sessions? How do you manage your race? Because let's be honest, mm. not many people do 100% of the sessions. Mm-hmm. And not many people do 70, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so there are, you know, if you've done 100%, be confident, back, stick to your plan. Mm. Um, what's your advice to the person who, who maybe hasn't done everything? Mm. Then you've got to just look at your, your pacing tactics and you want to be, you might just dial that back slightly, but not so much that you're going so easy yeah, if, if you're going to blow up halfway through the run through through lack of fitness and lack of training, it's going to happen anyway. It's probably going to happen anyway. So you probably, you know, instead of riding at 72% on the bike, you might ride at 69 because that's a great number. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then on the run, you know, say you were going to run, you know, in, in, in perfect scenario, you'd be able to average 5 minute 30 per K. Um, then you might go, okay, I'll just dial that back to maybe 5.40, 5.45. So you're dialing your paces back a bit and just making sure you get all the other little things that you have got control on correct, like making sure your nutrition's right. So there's another guy who's running last night and his preparation hasn't gone perfectly, but he said, I'm getting the nutrition right because... Yep that's one thing that I've got control on and I'm not going to blow up because of lack of nutrition. I might blow up because of uh, lack of fitness but it's not going to be because of nutrition. So getting all the things you can get right, right, dialing the intensity back just a little bit and knowing that, especially for the bike, it's pretty hard to bike too easy. You know, if you bike a little bit too um, hard, you can really suffer. If you bike a little bit too easy, you'll probably make that time up on the run. I think one thing that's really a deeper discussion to have here is if you are the person who is always a 70% trainer, mm. 
you're obviously not addressing some bigger things to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be that your program's wrong because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are ambitious in programming, but they're never actually going to hit it. Mm-hmm. And it's a coach thing as well. That's where the communication with the coach is really important. Um, it might be that you just have slack habits. Mm-hmm. It might be a lot of people are bad planners, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and then, what do you find? What do you find for those people who, who don't do the sessions? Well, that's when you've got to look at the, the sort of formula you've got for them. So if it's, if it's a, a time-related issue, so, you know, going out for six, seven-hour bike rides is tough. And if you know somebody's not going to do that, then you might change their approach and you're going to give them a bit more intensity. So yep. if you've got somebody who wants to do Ironman, they've only got 10 hours a week to train, uh, then you're going to hit them with, with more intensity as a generalization and then you've got to identify those key sessions you go okay maybe every third week we're going to do a big bike ride um so yeah it's all about just having a program that you can hit the majority of the time yeah because that that is the key is that consistency Mm. of effort over Mm. a long period of time is what's going to get you the results but you know, I know when I started Ironman, I was definitely a sixty percent trainer, mm. and then by the end of it, I was a hundred percent. My last mm. period, I, I never missed a session, and I mm. and, and tended to hit objectives most of the time. Um, and I just think that if you are somebody who's in the sport now, sitting at sixty, seventy percent, you know, like as I started my journey, I was at that fifty to sixty percent, but I was learning along the way to how do I become a better consistent mm. trainer, and not just a consistent trainer, because one thing that a lot of athletes have is uh, getting out the door is good enough. Mm. You know, and, and if you've got a program, there'll be objectives for the sessions. And so getting out the door and hitting objectives is a different skill in itself. And so as you think about, if I if you are listening to this right now and you, are, you know you're kind of that 70% trainer, it's okay, well, in a year from now, am I at 80? Am I at 90? And what are the skills and tools and, and processes I need to put in place and, and kind of philosophies and ways of thinking that allow me to get to that high level? Because if you want to improve, that's where the improvement will come, isn't it? Yeah, and urge people to race you know if you're somebody who's got limited time committing to some racing is going to be your best form of training yeah i totally agree okay uh this year's oh website of the week not only a website just a youtube clip the kona coverage is out so if you didn't catch it it was on nbc something or other in the states and how did they package it with the two days well i literally skim watched it very briefly yesterday yep uh and by skim watch, I didn't rewatch. Really I just fast forwarded, just sort of wondering what it was going to look like. And it seemed to me, and again, a lot of you guys will have watched this, so I could be completely wrong, but it seemed to me they kind of tried to make it that it was on the same day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They, I'm sure they said earlier yeah, they on. Yeah, kind of. But in terms of the flow through the race, they didn't do the women's race and then do the men's race. They did them concurrently, from from what I could see. But I'll be um, saving that up for a trainer ride. Okay. But it looked, it looked, from what I could see. It looked good. It looked like it had a lot of pro coverage. It did look like it had quite a lot of advertisements in it. It was an hour 26 long, which is great. So it's not that you sort of, you know, 30 to 45 minute package. Sorry? Oh, it'll play on, it plays on some NBC channel. But nobody, nobody watches TV these days, do they? So it's, it's sort of harder, isn't it? When do you watch TV? Do you ever just watch TV? No. No. We, we, we don't and we've got a very different formula in New Zealand. Like people in New Zealand still do watch TV, but in, elsewhere in the world, nobody watches TV. It's all. Streamed, streamed. Because yeah. our TVs, we haven't even looked up, looked up, hooked up to the TV no, aerial. Yeah, we just use internet. Although no. the Channel One app is very frustrating. <laughs> lots of problems with the Channel One app. <laughs> okay, let's go. Winger of the week. week. I see you pulling it up. Who are you pulling up? Uh, I am pulling up. Uh, you pull up a number. You get take it. It's your your day today, Bevan. You, you okay, guess, well, guess between I'm one to find and, it as well. Guessing one. Okay, one I'm going to say thirty-five. 35 again. Yeah. Last I'm con- week. I'm consistent. 
number 35. Let's see if they did a swim bike run. Ah, it's good old Richard Swan. And he did do a swim. Holy crap, Swanee. So Richard Speedwalker Swan. Oh, he was 34th. We'll do him anyway. Okay. um, Because he did swim. He did 14 hours and 14 minutes of training from 16 activities. Swam for an hour 28. Biked for an hour and one minute. It's pretty rare that people swim more than they bike. And he ran for 11 hours and 41 minutes. So he was 34. He ran 11 hours. Ran 11 hours and 44 minutes. What's he training for? He's a good runner, Richard. What, what, yeah. How fast would he do a marathon in? That's a good question. What does it um, say on here? I'd say Swanee could, uh, should be able to do, uh, should, should have, in the past sprints, been able to do um, a lowish 230s. Well, not sure based on did. Strava, 239, sharpen up yeah. Swanee now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's 5K, is 1356. Today, today he uh, ride back to the damn pool clothes for unseen maintenance. Uh. Yeah, good. So Swanee lives in, uh, well, I'm pretty sure he still lives in Wellington. Yep. And had a pretty good bout of training sort of through uh, October, November, December. I wonder if he's uh, maybe potentially even doing Ironman maybe or something like that this weekend. Uh, and let's, Swanee is a runner. Let's have a look at his biking, biggest bike ride that he's done. Is 181 kilometres biggest climb only 380 metres. Swan, you got to get over to Europe and experience that. Definitely. What? We had to go for his biggest long ride. There you go. Yeah, it's just buddy around Upper Hutt or something like that. Gosh. Lots, of, lots of photos. Mm. It's Richard Swan, regular contributor to the show, patron as well. Richard Speedwalker Swan, you are our winger, winger of the week. week. Okay. What was, the, what was the question? The question was, who has won three world titles? So where we find this out? Um, on my Wikipedia link that I've done here. Now, I am including the one that when it used to be one day format, and now it's a series. So did Lessing win three? Sorry? Did Lessing win three? Lessing, pretty positive, won three. He won in 92 in Canada. He won in 95 in Mexico. And... 96 in Cleveland, I think. So I'm pretty sure he won three. And I reckon I see, uh, Emma Snow, so I'm picking she won three. Couldn't name hers. Once Brownlee? it gets into 2000, and then Brownlee would be the only other one that I can think of. Don't think Gomez would have got three, but he might have. Okay, let's have a look. So who's won three world championships in the short course oh, race? That's wrong. Alice Brownlee's only got two. Wow. Javier Gomez has got four. Mario Mola's got three. Oh, there you go. Uh, You're right off the par. I was right off the par. And on the female side, I didn't think Gwen Jordan said three. She's got two. Flora Duffy's got four. Gomez has got four. So there you go. Yeah. And Bradley only got two. And then the on the, 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 the pre... Well, was oh, Gomez a- got another one. He won in 2008 as well. So, uh, And then yeah, Lessing has got... Alessian's got four. He's got 98 as well. So he's got 98, 96, 95, and 92. So Does Gomez's oh, so career... Oh, had four. So she was the first female to do it. Does Gomez's career get hurt by the fact he hasn't got Olympic gold? Yeah, definitely. Because he... Like, look at that. He's, bas- he's arguably the greatest of all time. Well, n- he's the most consistent of all time. Yeah, well, to get world championships. No yeah. one's won, like, five. Yeah. You know, and then he also got a couple of seconds. Ian Snow still got, did get three. Oh, Michaeli Jones. How many did she get? She got... One, two. She only got two. So yeah, Emma Snowsall had three, but Gomez is, is Gomez is the man. One more than anybody else. Didn't think that. No, he is impressive. He's in New Zealand at the moment. He's racing uh, the Tauranga Half in a few weeks in January. So his partner's Kiwi, isn't she? Mm. 
Um, so why didn't Brownlee win more? Because there was a period where he was unbreakable. Mm. Like that mid... When was the, when was the London Games? Uh, 8 or 12. No, uh, Athens was 204. Beijing was 208. So 12. 12. Yeah. So Brownlee was good leading into that, but then after that, he didn't He didn't even get a second. Mm. He didn't even get a third. So Brownlee, basically, from 2011 onwards, in short course racing, in the World Championships, hasn't even been in the top three. Yeah. You wouldn't have picked that. No. No, I wouldn't. And that's, that's 12 years ago. Oh, mm. no, that's... What's it, 23? Yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah. It's a long time since he's been on top of the... But when was his last Olympic win? That was 20... Did he win Rio? He didn't win Rio. He won Rio, 2018. Did he win three golds? Did he win... No, he didn't win Beijing. He didn't win Beijing. No, he was young. Yeah. So he won London and Rio. Yeah. So he came back in 2016 and took it out. But didn't actually do that well in the short course that year. Mm. Big time racer. Yeah, yeah. Big time we'll, we'll racer. We'll guess the greatest. Mm. Um, and, and, okay, so... So a few people have. How many in was it? Uh, we had Gomez. We had Simon Lessing. We had... Uh, Emma Snowstall. Emma Snowstall. Flora Duffy. And f- well, Flora Duffy's got four. The others have all got three. Oh, okay. And uh, so but Maria, but, uh, Maria Mola. And Gomez has got four. Five. He's five. five. Yep. That is impressive. So Gomez is the, the best championship winner of all time. And, and when he wasn't winning, he was usually second or third. Was he ever close to Olympic gold? Um, not really. In the races, nah. Brownie just crushed it. Yeah, in and he, he missed one as well. He missed. He missed uh, Tokyo, didn't he? He was actually in good form going into Tokyo. What about Beijing? Because he would have been a contender. He should have. Yeah, he was fourth there, fourth or fifth. He should have won that one. Yeah, that that was his opportunity. Okay, he was the best athlete that year. So, two thousand. What happened? Because uh, Jan took it out, didn't he? Well, there was just a group of them, and he just didn't have it at the end. So. You know, that's what the Olympics does. He won the world champs in 2008, beat Bevan Doherty. It was a funny one, because they remember they had to turn around to come up the finishing shoot. Mm, yeah. It was an old kind Gomez of Gomez was a little bit out of it by then. It was more of a battle for... Um, Bevan was there, and, wasn't he? Yeah. And he wasn't around 2004. Yeah, I think he did 2004. I don't think he did, got anywhere, though. He was probably a bit young then. Yeah. Good times. Love the short course action. Okay, swim set. Uh, okay, quickly to swim set. What do we do? 600 warm-up, 100 freestyle, 25 back, 25 breast. And then we did uh, 650s, one build-up, one 25 fast, one 25 easy. And then the main set was 4 by 200 descend 1 to 4, 4 by 100 descend 1 to 4, 4 by 50 descend 1 to 4. So that's going sort of getting going from slow to fast. Then we did 400 uh, mixed drills and swim, 8 25 sprints and 200 warm-down. This is like a very complicated set. Yeah, well, that's you write it on one piece of paper. I've got a bag full of them, bag full of sets. But they, some of the guys that were doing Ironman, they got out a bit early. Okay. Uh, this week's patrons, we want to say thank you to Tim, the superstar carpenter. Uh, Jonathan, the ringer pike. My my roommate, Iona, Iona Snowtrooper McKenzie. Man, she she lives out near um, she was near Calgary. She was up in the mines up in the north northern territories of Canada. It's just ridiculously cold. <laughs> I God for cannot strong. comprehend it. Okay, I uh, cannot comprehend it. Still rides outside in winter though, Does like uh, on, a, on, a, on a on um, a on a fat bike, and God, it's crazy. It'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? It would be. It's just something I've never Have experienced. You ever ridden a fat bike? No. It'd be quite hard work, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, but you'd need that sort of stuff on the snow. Yeah. We've got a patron that's returned back, uh, Elastigirl Liz Marshall. I missed a couple of years of podcasts while having, whilst having a baby, but now I'm back. So since I'm back listening to you and Bevan every week, I better make sure I'm back being a patron Legend. as well. Uh, she's uh, from Belgium. She lives in Dubai, dragged into triathlon by her husband, Simon Marshall. I think we met Simon maybe in Kona one year. Okay. But no more time for this now. With a two-year-old in the house, I've decided to focus on running only for a while. Nice work. Great photo. Yeah. Good smiley face in the half marathon somewhere in the world. It's got a, yeah. It must be Dubai. Something like that. Yeah. So thank you very much to our patrons and congratulations to our patron winner this week, Michael Diggett Dooley, winning a pair of form goggles. We've got a few other prizes in but from time to time, so if you want to go to get on support the boys, go to iamtalk.me and uh, join us. How's your audience? I gave him the finger. Keep going. Okay, okay let's say thank you to all our sponsors. So first of all, Form Goggles, as John was just talking about there. Um, also, our patrons. If you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. If you want to get some coaching, go to Coach John Newsom. Also, Epic Camp for his camps. And you got what coming up? What have we got coming up? Going to Rote next year and then up to is the year after that. Do you do Kona camp next year? No, not going to Kona. Just uh, throwing all the eggs into the Rote basket. In the Rote basket. Mm. Uh, my podcast, Bevan James, I'll show. You can check that out. If you enjoyed the interviews I put on last week, you can go to my my website, BevanJamesIsles.com. I did an interview the other week and I got 80,000 downloads in two days. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It yeah. blew my mind away. Um, uh, send us any age group of the week, cool websites, other feedback, www. No, no, sorry, it's iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Jombo, your goss. What's my goss? As you guys know, pretty rough old week, yeah. but um, getting on with things. And yeah, that was sort of my week of getting over the ox, man. I tell you what, when you have a wet race, it's misery. Um, yeah, everything's harder, isn't it? It's, it's like when you've been camping. It is, but you've got to pack up afterwards. pack up, and then you've got to unpack, and you've you got to dry. dry everything out. And then it rains again when you put stuff out to dry. It's... Um, it's a bit of debacle, but the good thing was athletes that raced, they enjoyed it, except for getting cold on the bike. The rest was rest was okay. Yep. Uh, so it's good to see people back out racing and looking forward to seeing lots of people racing Ironman New Zealand this year uh, in December. It was supposed to be a March, so a lot of people have been biding their time and going to go out there and crush it at the weekend. Do you think they should change it to this time of year? Absolutely. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Get done before Christmas and enjoy the rest of summer. Because then you could have a 70.3 in March. Mm. Good way to finish off summer, not so consuming. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think it's good. I wonder if really that would ever happen. Mm. Uh, uh, this weekend you got your Pick and Save? Pick and Save Triathlon Festival. Um, so that's sort of a bit of a focus this week. And that's about it, really, Bevan. What about yourself? I've had a big couple of weeks. Actually, went to the Killers. You tooted my wife the other day yep. uh, when she was walking. They didn't know who it was until you'd gone past and they figured it out. Yeah, I could tell they didn't know who it was. Yeah. They looked very confused. <laughs> um, oh, John's phone's ringing. Who's that? No, bugger them. Ring. I went to the Killers. Killers, nice. Oh, what a concert. Yeah. Did you go with Sean over the porno? No, because I, I did a solo mish. Right. Oh, somebody said that. Or is it maybe it was you saying that? Yeah. I, would, I love being in a mosh pit. Yeah. And the problem was there wasn't much of a mosh pit. Oh, right. So Because I said to Joe, I said, do you want to go? And she goes, no, no, because you just want to be in a mosh pit. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> and then I got there and it was dancing, don't get me wrong. But yeah. the killers isn't really mosh pit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like a mosh pit. <laughs> like, I like it angry. You're throwing each other around. Because <laughs> the thing about a mosh pit is it's crazy aggressive energy but there's also this kind of underwritten thing you look after each other so if someone mm. falls over and stops and pulls them up you know so um and i was expecting it to be a bit like that and it wasn't really it was kind of just it was good dancing, dancing yeah mm. um 
so Joe didn't come and then I went home and said you probably should have come because <laughs> it was a great concert but I tell you what I jumped up and down on concrete for two hours couldn't walk for the next four days oh, my calves and then we had the work function on Friday night your work function or the Les, Les Mills, Mills one Les Mills well mm-hmm. we, we had dinner for our coaches but um, work function it was good dance again mm-hmm. I had to do a bit of dancing on Felicity had her graduation on Friday oh, a parent, a parent, a parent yeah, dance yeah, so off to high school off to high school did the parents dance yep Jeepers, creepers. And then on Saturday, what do we do Saturday? They had the work function. Oh, I went to Akaroa. Nice. My, my, my niece is turned 21. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're getting older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, was, I think I've said this fairly recently. We're going to start interviewing people on the show that are, could be our kids. <laughs> well, I think we're already yeah. I said, I at the gym. Yeah. And my daughter's 25, and I thought she was 24, and I was going to my mum, because someone goes, how old is Tyler? And I go, oh, she's 24. Mum goes, no, she's 25. No, no she's 24. No, yeah. she's, she's gonna be twenty six. Yeah, there you go. And my niece, my niece, like she's twenty one. Mm. So the way the aisles do it, eh? Oh, mate, we're getting older. So, but that was good. Ekeroz, Ekeroz is a funny place to go to, isn't it? Mm. Beautiful, a nice day, beautiful drive. My, and then my sister has a boat, so uh, although I didn't really go out on it, but um, it was lovely. We went out for a beautiful Indian. Mm-hmm. There's an Indian place here. I mean, okay. Mandela or whatever it is. Do you like Indian? You like a bit of Indian? You yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A special trip. Yeah. Special trip. <laughs> it is good because it's only an hour 20. Yeah. You know, from door to door. To door. Yeah. Bike there. Bike there. Have a bit of Indian bike back. <laughs> I don't know if I could bike there nowadays. Oh, <laughs> no, I could. It would kill me. Uh, other than that, John, uh, this week coming up, it's just getting into Christmas season now. Going to do our shopping mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. What do you want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? Yeah. Uh, a good jacket. Oh, really? Like a, a one we can use for tramping and stuff. Do you know what? Catman do. Because mm-hmm. I was on the coast, because I'm doing the voice work for Coast to Coast, and I was on their mm-hmm. site. They got the Catman Do. Mm-hmm. I did a link on it. You go to their end of the year mm-hmm. stock sale. Mm-hmm. And the jackets were like four hundred bucks for a hundred. Mm. Check it out. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> get in the eye. eye. Get in the eye. <laughs> get <a> drop in. <laughs> <laughs> right, out. let's wrap it up. Iron Rice. I'm in. Train hard. Great smart. Kia kaha. kaha.